0: Bases are in New York to play the Liberty Sunday at 1130 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM KWWN Las Vegas.
1: It's Cofield and company live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN sports Reno.
2: Yep, We welcome in uh, Reno with about an hour to go until we hand it off to the national coverage on ESPN Las Vegas of Thursday night football Broncos and Chiefs will break that game down in just a little bit. We're going to talk to Steve Alford inside of two minutes. Nevada coach was on with us a little earlier in the day. As, uh, they're getting ready for the season. We're getting ready for the college basketball season here at Mountain West Conference Media Day. West Coast Conference was out here as well. So we were just talking to Myra Gomez, and I hope that wasn't insulting people when I started asking about Latino fan bases and, you know, Spanish and all that stuff. I always want to learn. Mm-hmm. You came up with – I didn't know you had an alternate name for uh, – for the show, which you may have to use next week. I may just take some days off. Why yeah, not? That's a good point. Um,
0: so I was thinking, it's got to be an alliteration, right? So it's got to start with... I was racking my brain trying to think of a word that starts with C that you could use in your Spanish-titled show. Uh, and I thought about it. Cofield y sus carinos. Okay. It's like your loves. Your little loves. Wait, what does that mean? It's Cofield y sus carinos. like your loves. My heart. My darling's.
2: That's what we are to you, right? Wow, that got really sappy. It makes me <laughs> cry. I'm so proud right now. What? Yeah. That so goes against the grain of the show. Yeah, You love us. I like the, what Myra was saying. We're dirtbags and mean. And stinky. Misfit. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know about the stinky, but sometimes we are. That studio can get pretty rank. They can. We know that.
0: D-Demand, does DeMond do what I did when you guys were out on the road? Just rip butt the
1: whole time with... No, <laughs> with no hesitation. I
2: hope he wasn't doing it when Myra was in there. I
1: don't wear shoes when you guys are on the road.
2: Yeah, okay. Kick shoes off, kick socks off. Yeah, we want you to be relaxed. Everyone's got a tradition. We've mentioned in the past when uh, Clay used to work on the show, uh, it was always pizza day for Clay. So we'd we'd uh, I don't we didn't have a video set up back then, but I know he would get a giant pizza. It was like, "Yeah, let's party! Hallelujah!" They're out of studio. This is awesome. So one of my favorite things about the. Nevada-UNLV rivalry is the hatred, but I think sometimes it's fake hatred to placate the fans. So the coaches go into character. And when Steve Alford sat down a little while ago, the coach of the Wolfpack, I started out and I'm like, come on, this dislike of Vegas that you guys have to kind of fake because the the fans are really angry at Southern Nevada, it's kind of silly. Uh, And he gave us a really good reason as to why he's not anti-Vegas. I started off the conversation like, you like Vegas, come on, right? (laughs)
3: yeah my daughter and her husband live here so I, i like coming uh for those reasons more than anything else to get to see them i get here a little bit because of obviously schedules that we play whether it's playing unlv or a lot of recruiting events that are here in vegas and that kind of thing so any kind of excuse i can get to come see my daughter and her husband uh i definitely like doing that i love
2: the robbery i always thought it got a little crazy when some of the coaches really got dug in and they're like I
3: hate Vegas. I'm like, you don't hate Vegas. <laughs> no, no. Stop. Um, no. Um,
2: the football game is coming up, yeah. and this is going to be really heated. It always is. Yeah. Uh, are you going to have time to be out there?
3: Yeah, it's yeah. a big one. Uh, it's a recruiting weekend for us, and we got practices all weekend. Today's our day off, so uh, it's a big weekend on our campus, and I think we're anticipating a really good crowd. And Obviously, UNLV's out, off to a really good start, and uh, our football team, I think, is improving, and I think uh, Ken's really got them. It's not, heat, it's not easy when you've gone kind of through the things they're going through, but um, I think he's got the culture where he needs it, and uh, it's got all the makings of a really good game, and hopefully uh, that's a game we can snap our streak and get going.
2: It's funny. I've had conversations with people in the media who want to brand a school, a football school or a basketball school, but there's, they're a little bit symbiotic in terms of needing each other because uh, both sides can use the other game as a recruiting tool.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think that's more of an outside thing than it is inside. I think um, – it, the more you have on your campus being successful, the more it helps you. So whether it's on the men's side or the women's side, it should be about, you know, I know that's what we try to do in Reno being a college town and Wolfpack Fridays and doing the things that we do to support all of our teams on both the men and women's side. The more success we have, it just, it helps everybody. It, it raises the water level of, uh, of our whole department, uh, the more programs that are doing well.
2: So you got some crazy exciting news in the last 10 days with the announcement that it looks like the Grand Sierra is going to right. expand and that can include a 10,000-seat arena for you guys. How big is that? What does it mean for you?
3: Well, it's huge. Uh, obviously, uh, owner Alex Morell's just done an incredible job with the GSR um, and out to include us uh, in that. And hopefully, I think we're looking at 2026, uh, hopefully moving into a new arena that's going to be state-of-the-art. I think it's going to be as as nice as there is out west, and um, that's exciting for us. We got a lot of movement on our campus. Uh, Brian Sandoval, our president, Stephanie Rimp, our AD, have just been really aggressive and, and very supportive of equipping coaches. We've got a lot of construction on campus in my sport. Um, we move into the Atlantis building next uh, this time next year. We'll be moving into that brand new locker room and lounge for the men and women's basketball team. that connects to our practice facility and and nice weight room so we're just we're making some movements that were much much needed uh on our campus and that's exciting to see and um obviously what alex is doing at the gsr is uh it's a game changer
0: so moving it to your team uh, you guys are old so how, right. how much does that maximize the potential of a roster having a roster that's a little bit aged
3: well we we hope good because everybody tries to get old yeah. so uh and and we got some experience you know going into last year we we're coming off a losing season, uh, a year we didn't do well, we didn't coach well, we didn't play well. Uh, and I thought that last year's team did a phenomenal job of 22 wins, competing for a league title, making the tournament, we did a lot of positive things, and nobody on our team outside of Jared Lucas had any kind of experience at any of those things. And so I thought our guys really, not I don't ever like using the word overachieving, but they, they I think, went beyond our expectations um, just because they didn't know. And we lost McIntosh, Himes, Foster. We had major injuries. So still do that was exciting. Now we got everybody, those guys are all back. They're healthy. We've made some really good additions to help with our size and our athleticism. and. And like you said, now we've got a little bit more experience, so hopefully we can take that next step.
0: One of the things that suck out about you guys, generally in your career, you've been pretty quick in terms of tempo. Yeah. You guys were really slow last year. Yeah. But was that just a <laughs> symptom of the – I think it might the- be it a might Mountain be West,
3: west thing. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. back in the Mountain West. And uh, when we were looking at New Mexico, our days at New Mexico, uh, I think our league – I don't know, I want to say slow, but it's not a it's not as much up tempo. I got that I got that question asked in there as well. When you look at all the leagues throughout the country, it just seems like I don't know if it's our coaches, our players, uh, the respect of the venues, and playing on the road. You know, this is an exciting league where you're playing in front of great fans and hard courts to play on with the with the noise and everything else. But we don't have a lot of pressing teams in our league, um, so that's one way of increasing tempo. And if you quick shoot in this league. It's such a good defensive league that you better make those quick shots or you're going to get down in a hurry. So I don't know what all the reasons are, but uh, we were much more efficient last year on both sides of the ball, that's for sure.
2: I'm not a coach, but I'm going to give you a theory. I think sometimes in conferences, and I'm seeing this in the Big Ten, that – when you've got lead dogs who play a certain style, it's almost like you're forced into that style, or you build your roster for that style. I don't think you're doing that, but because San Diego State and Boise can play great defense and kind of a slodgy style, everyone else gets sucked into that,
3: right? And there could be some truth, uh, some truth to that as well. Um, but I, we looked at our championship years at uh, New Mexico in this league, and we weren't, we weren't extremely fast either. We were. 1-2 in offense, 1-2 in defense, and that's why we won championships. So that's really what we're trying to get to now because that's what it's going to take. You can't just be a – you know, I think San Diego State, they made their biggest run last year because, one, they were still a top-level defensive team, but they were way better offensively this year than they have been in the years past, and they make a deep run in the tournament because of it. So you're trying to do it on both sides regardless of whether that style is going to be fast, slow, or somewhere in between.
2: Steve Alford's on Co and Company. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. You said a couple minutes ago, the coaches did a bad job. How'd you do a bad job?
3: Uh, I I think coaching is about managing and we just didn't manage that team two years ago the way I think I needed to manage it. Uh, Probably should have sent more messages through the bench. Coach Knight, the guy I played for, was great at sending messages through the bench. And uh, if I had to do over in that year, I would have sent many more messages of how we want to play. Uh, then we got some injuries, You know, Warren and Grant during that year got injured and we went through two and a half weeks without them playing. When we really started to play well, they got hurt, uh, then they came back and it was almost too late. So um, I think there would have been more messages sent uh, like we did last year and moving forward.
2: I'm glad you mentioned Imes because I think he's a real X factor and it changes things on defense. So that was a big loss last year, so a big gain back.
3: Yeah, getting if you look at our first four games last year, he arguably, you would say, it was our best center. Uh, and Will obviously had a really good year for us. But to get him back and now have Nick coming back after Nick Davidson had a really good first year last year, He's different. He stretches you. He's gained strength and athleticism. We had Jiraiya, a seven foot one guy, and Jazz, a seven foot very talented, skilled center. Uh, I really like our depth up front, and we didn't have that depth uh, going into last year.
0: So, you mentioned Hunter McIntosh. I want to get your thoughts on him because you know you never want to see a guy get injured right. but it's a blessing and a curse right in, in a way because guys that weren't going to play earlier get some experience now you have right. him coming in this year
3: right now like you said hopefully we got experience through all that um you know trey coleman took a step forward last year all defensive team i think as a we have two all defensive team coming back so we got a chance to be really good defensively and hunter's one of those guys that can really guard he's a physical guard he doesn't have size you know you're not 6'4", 6'5", like some of our guards, like Keenan and and others, but he can really guard. And so I think he'll help us defensively. He can really shoot the ball. So now we can get him off the ball a little bit more like we do with Jared. And a Tyler Rolison, who's a very talented, quick freshman point guard, will get some minutes backing up Keenan. But Keenan still gives us that what nobody else has, and that's a 6'6", 230-pound point guard. It's, it's just different. It's unique. And... I think that's going to be a key for us moving forward. Do
0: you intentionally build your backcourt to have some size? Because that is what sticks out yeah, about your that, roster. you got some I, big guys. Yeah, I
3: wouldn't say it was intentionally. It was just like when we got Keenan uh, as a transfer, we started looking at him of what he did things in open floor and his decision. He's got a high basketball IQ, and he just made good play after good play off the bounce. And I actually went to him, and I'm like, you know, we're going to play you at some point. We want to see how that looks like. And it was only like four practices in last year, uh, you know, with Grant leaving. We had a spot, we had an open spot there, and he just, he knows how to share the ball, and he's a nightmare to guard because his shooting's improving, but he, if you don't guard him and you beg him to shoot, he's so physical, he can still get to the paint and make plays, and he's developed defensively to where I think he makes a big difference for us on both sides of the ball. It's a
2: crazy league because there's been players like him, the big point guards, um, certainly Maldonado at Wyoming yeah. the Martin twins would back guys down yeah. all the way from like 32 feet out and yeah. um, closing did you think Blackshear would be this good?
3: Um, we'd hope you know we're like all coaches here at Media Day you hope but uh, you know it all turned out well we won a lot of close games our guys battled in the MTE we did a good job finishing third in the MTE and um, we did a really good job I think in the non-conference of coming off of a bad year of winning games where we gain a little bit of momentum and confidence and the guys start believing in themselves as a team and then we start off league play well and i think i was always a key had we not had a good non-league i don't know if we would have had that kind of year but we got some momentum in the non-league and now this year playing 14 games getting to play in hawaii we get that exempt game so we got an old experienced team that's going to get the maximum number of non-league games you can play Hopefully we can, again, generate some some momentum going into league play before we go to Fresno. All right, Coach. Good luck this year. We'll see I you I appreciate soon. it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: There he is, head coach of the pack, Steve Alford. Uh, you brought up a really good point with Hunter McIntosh because he was around the team, got a little bit of playing time, retained eligibility, and he's an old guy. This, this league is crazy how old it is every single year. Every time I look up at the rosters, like, wait, K.J. Holmes is back again, and he was hurt last year, and then – Trey Coleman has turned into just a complete pain in the keister. Mm-hmm. defensive stopper, but the kind of guy who's versatile enough to cover really all the way out to the point up to power forwards.
0: That's why I'm really excited to see like especially with McIntosh. For people that remember last year, he was going to be like a really big part of what they were going to be and a part of the reason why they outperformed expectations. He got hurt and they were awesome. Now that's deaf, and that's going to be a really interesting part of this Nevada team.
2: This hour is brought to you every day by Battleborne Injury Lur. 766 1400 is the number. The office in Reno, reach it at 766 1400 775. There you got to dial 775. All right, some Raiders tidbits. I can't wait for this weekend, too. They better smash Belichick. After the last two weeks, have, what what have they been seventy three three or something? What, what's who's who? The Raiders and Patriots. The Raiders are going to smash somebody. I said I want them to smash <laughs> them. I said they better smash them. They're terrible. The Raiders? They're ter- no. no stop. <laughs> um, before we get to uh, some of, it's not even a trade rumor. I know Demond wanted to talk about Frank Clark, who may be available. I love the John Gruden angle here because I know this is going to happen somewhere down the road, and the NFL can't do a G-damn thing about it. John Gruden will be a head coach in the NFL again. But this angle, eh, really?
0: You don't think uh, my Tomlin's going to roll with John Gruden as his uh, next offensive critter? Yeah, that's a report, and I do not buy this in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I think that Tomlin is – of such high character and such an awesome head coach, I, I I think you should be insulted by a report like this. There is no way in hell Tomlin would allow John Gruden to be his offensive coordinator. There was a report that was floated out there by some Pittsburgh people that if Mike Canada were to be fired, Gruden could replace him. Absolutely no shot. He'll be back in the NFL. It's not going to be on a staff like Mike Tomlin's.
1: Yes, exactly. I, I think it was last year where Mike Tomlin got offended where someone asked him would he take some like a big high a big college job that was out there. He's like, do you ask any of the other Super Bowl-winning head coaches, sure. would they do this? And I think that he should take that same amount of offense of anyone in the Pittsburgh media, ask him a question about John Gruden coming onto his staff. Yeah, you don't, you don't have the success that you do while
0: dealing with distractions like this. Like, of course, everybody keeps pointing to Antonio Brown and the fact that he was, I don't want to say kept under wraps, but he was a model citizen for the most part under Mike Tomlin. And we know how Antonio Brown turned down. You don't invite this sort of thing into your locker room if you're going to be a well-run organization, and that's what Tomlin does. Tomlin is consistently putting this team in place, and we'll actually see it's also kind of weird to talk about this from the perspective of a a currently employed offensive coordinator. You don't know if Canada's actually going to get fired or not. So to speculate this on top of it being a position that is currently filled is just in kind of poor taste, especially
1: considering the guy who might be replacing him. And I will say this: that this is just from a reporter in Pittsburgh who said this would be a good idea. No one's actually out here saying it. Just one Pittsburgh reporter. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's he also said, "Way too early to speculate." Then he speculated. Yes, Gary Dulek. Yeah, you know. So hey, you know, it's way too early to speculate. But you know, Mike Tomlin and John Gruden, you know, apparently they they are friends. But just for Gruden, I know Steve said that he's going to be a head coach in the league again. I don't think so. Oh, I would take that bet. I think you would be. What's he already, this, already in his early 60s or late 50s? DeMond, in football years,
0: that's like 25 for coaches.
1: doesn't matter. And, I mean, I don't want to What did say, he do so good with the Raiders that people say we need this guy back? Uh,
0: I would agree with that. But trust me. But, DeMond, like, that's the whole point. Look at, look at the history of the NFL and some of these guys that continuously get jobs. There are there is a long track record of guys. DeMar, one of my I think part of the reason why I got a job at ESPN Las Vegas was there was one day on a football Sunday when I was in my youth and I was still like slash producing board hopping and I got pissed and started screaming at the screen. Why is Jeff Fisher still a head coach? This makes no sense. He's never he, outside of the one Super Bowl run. It's all been a bunch of under five hundred nonsense. This has been exactly what the NFL has been. You get shot after shot, if you're of a certain complexion, and you get to, you know, fail and fail and fail again. Like, this is exactly what it's going to be. Gruden's, gonna, Gruden's going to get another shot in the next five years, and I think that's pushing it.
1: I just don't see it happening. Well, maybe this is me being naive, but the record doesn't hold up that second stint with the Raiders. I know people can say maybe he would have got them to the playoffs instead of Basachi if they would have just kept him along, but I don't think so. I, I think the Raiders would have Raidered if he would have continued that season as the head coach. There are a few things that make sense in the National Football League. Jim Caldwell helped lead the
0: Lions to success mm-hmm. in his last stint as a head coach. And the last I looked, he's a special assistant in the Carolina Panthers. Like that's You know what I mean? Jim Caldwell as a Colts fan. Hey, look. Do I love Jim Caldwell's decision-making when he was uh, with the Indianapolis Colts? No. Uh, there was the famous instance in the Jets playoff game where he called the timeout when he shouldn't have, and the camera showed Peyton Manning at, flipping his hands up and asking, what the bleep are we doing? But he, there is no denying that Caldwell did a good job with the Detroit Lions. And how many coaching jobs has he had since then? None. Makes no sense. Same thing with Gruden. Given that he seems to be somewhat of a reprehensible human being, should he probably have another job in a locker room full of minorities, especially right in mean, uh, black men who he made disparaging comments about when he sent that email about Demoree Smith? No.
1: But will he? I'm willing to bet he probably will if he wants it. I would really have to take a look at NFL ownership and see what would what would be the cause. Whose team could be down bad enough on offense? Because obviously he's not coming back for an offensive coordinator position. I think that's the first, like, get out of here with that. Oh, no. His ego's ego way too big. No, 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 no,
0: no. That makes, that makes sense, though. It's the slow rollout. Okay. It's the, hey, you know? Just... First, you got to deal with the heat of just being back in the NFL. Then you do it as an offensive coordinator because it's not a forward-facing role. Like, yeah, you get interviewed and whatnot, but you're just the play caller. And then as it evolves, then, you know, two, three years lead a somewhat successful offense. Boom, head coach. You've already taken all the heat about being back in the NFL. It'll work. Actually, I'm kind of in now. Mike Tomlin should hire me. you. <laughs> I've talked myself back into this.
1: So, next season at 61, because he is 60, so at 61 years old, he comes back and he has to eat a little crow as an offensive coordinator for, let's yep. say, two seasons. And then 64, around 64, he gets another head coaching job? Yep. I don't believe that at all. No, I'm in. I, I've, while you've
0: been gone, I've convinced I'm myself. Sorry, i had to, <laughs> I had to take care of something real quick. I, I was talking and I, I went like this, full circle.
2: I'm in. But it's not going to be Tomlin. That, well, that was my point, You It yes. can't be like a domineering head coach. Not even a domineering could, head coach. Who, who could feel threatened or usurped by. I don't even think he'd feel threatened.
0: He's just too good for that. He's not a guy who invites these sort of outward huh. narratives
2: into his locker room. So if we were to guess now, who is the team he takes over? Los Angeles Chargers. You think next year? I mean, if, if, I don't
0: know if, if it's next year or within like two or three years if the next guy doesn't wow. pan out. Think about it, though, right? That would be the would owner. He,
2: would he do that? Why not? He's, not, he's not mad at Mark Davis. I think he's a Raider for life. He's going to go against one of their mortal enemies. I don't know. It's I, a hell of an opportunity, though. But you have to think about the weighing of it if you're Gruden, right? Like, yeah. yes, like, hey, it's, it seems like
0: Davis is my guy. Davis was pissed that this all happened, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But at the same time, if I want to get back in the NFL and this is my best opportunity, like, sorry, I think my guy will understand,
2: like, this is, this is it. Is McVay definitely staying around for a while? Or is uh, this 20 mil a year from TV going to lure him away? I can't do this every year. He's becoming the head coach version of Brett Favre. Like, just retire or don't. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't, like, really publicized it. This has all been, although someone's feeding it to the media. Right. Every year. Oh, I
0: don't know. You know, the gruel. Uh, the, the, the grind. The grind of the grueling grind of the National Football league. Oh, more money? Yeah. No, I'm okay. I'm in. I'm in. I think he might be popovich S. No, not even. Because Popovich is sticking around for the rebuild. Maybe once once Stafford's gone, maybe he's gone.
2: Uh, Jerry Jones' guy is unavailable. Sean Payton. I what? thought that's who they would. Might be available soon. I don't think that's going to happen. Give it another couple years. Gruden to the Cowboys? Big name.
0: It's very true. Maybe Jerry uh, maybe Jones will carry John Gruden on his back across state
1: lines to get him into Dallas. Jerry Jones would never be able to beat the allegations if he hires John Gruden. Can he now? (laughs) He was just standing in that photo. He was just trying to see what was going on.
0: I I was just curious.
2: That's a great line by DeMond. He was just, that is ridiculous that he said that. I was
0: just curious.
2: Yeah, I was curious. I just wanted to check it out. You knew what was going on, brother.
0: Of course. Like it was a zoo or something? Like, no. What are you talking about?
2: Well, I can't find a team, another team. So, Chargers, maybe the Cowboys. Although, Demond shot it down. I'm just saying, he could,
1: but I'm just saying, you know, he could, he he wouldn't oh. be able to walk it back. Here you go. Would
0: your guy Robbie Kraft do it? I know I looked at them. John Gruden, next job.
2: Hmm. Could it be Bob Kraft?
0: Yeah. Nothing more patriotic than hiring
1: a guy like John Gruden to be a head coach. A lot of people still stand by him. <laughs> Quite a few people do stand yeah. by him, yes.
2: Who, Gruden?
0: Yeah. Oh, tons. Including, uh, what was that A lot clip? of people
2: think he got railroaded the way it happened. They think he got railroaded and not so worried about what he said, which you, oh. you kind of should be worried about what he said. I mean, the two things what can be true, true right? Yes. yes.
0: Like, he did get railroaded, but he's also probably not a good person.
2: <laughs> Could he be the Chiefs head coach get after What? Get out of here.
1: (laughs) Come on. Patrick Mahomes putting his foot down immediately. Ooh, here's a good one. The Cleveland Browns.
2: I know, I looked at Cleveland. Yeah. He's an Ohio guy, right? He went to Dayton for school. I think he's an Ohio guy. There you go. What about that tandem, huh? Him and Deshaun Watson?
0: Yeah, John Gruden is a play caller for Deshaun Watson. The real-life
1: disgusting brothers if you watch (laughs) Succession?
2: Don't laugh so hard, but that is funny. But he is going to coach again, and I don't think it'll be a head coach out of college. No. His his ego's too big. By the way, he does not, in a couple of years, he doesn't need to work anymore right now when he gets a settlement from the NFL, and he will. My God, the amount of money he's going to have. That's why I don't get these guys sometimes, man. I would do what Kingsbury did. Oh, I made, you
0: know, $20, $30 million? I'm going to the beach. I'll see you guys later. Oh, for
2: now. And when you get when you get buyouts. Nah, you generations, can sit around, generations be damned. I'm spending all that money. Another I mean, is this what about this? Yeah, better chance to be an NFL head coach again or a broadcaster again? Gruden? Is T V so afraid of John Gruden that they, they would not take the risk? Oh yeah, no no no. Better chance to be a head coach.
1: What? Urban Myers got a job again. Yeah, Urban Ooh,
2: Meyer. that's a good comeback.
0: Fox would do it. It's a little different.
1: Herb. Yeah, Herb
0: is horrific. What I don't other than dancing with coeds at a bar in London,
1: I don't know what Herb did wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He put his feet on a player.
2: Put his feet on. Sounds player. like good coaching to me. Brad Powers up in ten minutes. We'll break down leans and likes in college football. Rolling on. We'll break down uh, Broncos. I keep putting it off. Broncos and Chiefs. Brad Powers is still waiting us. for this breakdown. Yeah. Well, there's not going to be really a breakdown, but uh-huh. I want to get your take on it. You want the model's take? I got you. Yeah, John Von model's take in a couple minutes. Uh, Frank Clark, what are we doing here, Dimon? Um, Maybe the Raiders who need some pass rush help. He'll, he'll definitely be on the
1: cheap. Throw in a seventh-round pick and just say if if they are still trying to contend. If they think that, hey, we're just – you know, a couple of good pass rushes away from, you know, being a contender in the AFC, I'd say go for it. Because I'm not in the Adam mindset of, if you're not a top five team in the league, just tank.
2: We were all ready on Monday to not, not celebrate, but, hey, you know what, good win. You there know. were some good things that happened in the game, and it was just, well, they won, but now they just ruined their chance at the number one pick. I'm like, okay.
0: I am of the mindset that you, if given the opportunity – should maximize your chances of getting the top overall pick. However, the key phrase in what I said there is, if given the opportunity. Right. You should probably compete as long as you can. Mm -hmm.
2: But when it's clear
0: that you're not going to, then you head in that direction.
2: Which does sort of crush my theory that they should try to compete for as long as possible, and I really don't want to see Aiden O'Connell really any time this season. But if you're trying to minimize your chance to win – then yeah, let the rookie go out there, take his bumps, and learn a little bit. Uh, so Aiden
0: O'Connell plus the coaching decisions—I mean, that could guarantee you like a
2: three-win season. But what if you're?
1: What if the schedule? You know, you can only play who's against you. You're playing teams that are just as bad or yep. even worse. Like you the, can't go like out there and week. you can't and actually that. go out there and tank games. So some teams are just worse than you are. Yep. I
2: like Do this, we know that the Patriots are worse than the? They relatives? are absolutely worse. Come on, this is historic crapville right now do we know that Are you yes. sure so you're all
0: in you're 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 betting the, the raiders this weekend you're laying the wood the lumber we're going alternate what's lines. the lumber
2: can we put this in perspective laying the lumber well i mean you can well, go am i gonna do an alternate line yeah. uh, you know raiders minus 20 no
0: why not this is catastrophic this is the worst situation ever for the new england patriots they're clearly worse than the las vegas raiders why wouldn't you want to go in there get a plus price on a meaty alternate line steve you can lay a full touchdown where can i get an
2: alternate line Oh, you, there's north a lot of shops. north of 10 you can, there's a lot of shops you okay, can buy. i'll do it there you go i convinced you it's, it's not that it's this isn't a fight over the the page come on they're terrible they're and not they're, good and, but and, they're, and they're fractured that's the worst part and they're fractured sure the quarterback is not good and the coach doesn't like them
0: i mean i see a team that is showing some solidarity and sticking behind their quarterback why? By playing him? Yeah, Bill has already said no. Nope, we're not. We haven't thought about benching him. Bill O'Brien
2: coaching him up. Well, they also don't really have an option. What, what, no, no, don't do that. Do you think Bailey Zappi has a chance to be a starter? Everybody sometime? and my mother told me that Bailey Zappi was going to be the next guy. We for we got all fired up last year when he played it. Uh, don't put a me in that category. Moments. Okay. I got fired up <laughs> when you were watching throw up Yolo <laughs> balls. And thanks, thanks Devon. <laughs> I appreciate you having my back. It's a bad situation. It is. I'm not arguing that. They're beat that. up on defense. I just I
0: think they that, have no
2: top level speed, explosiveness, it's bad.
0: It is. I'm not disagreeing with that. I just I don't think that when you've watched these uh five games for the Raiders, I don't think I'm going into any matchup feeling confident that I'm head and shoulders better than any team and in the national football
2: It game. is way too early to talk about tanking, but if any team should be thinking about minimizing their chance to win to especially Belichick League, this is it, man. You don't get a quarterback who can walk into the NFL next year as a young guy. You're screwed. How much longer are they going to wait? Eh, well, you know, we can, we'll can we build for three years. He's 100. He's aging five years every game. You see him rubbing his face and just looking miserable. This is terrible. Of course it is.
0: I mean, this, this is more about you as an organization and Bill Belichick himself have to ask real questions about what are we doing with our offense personnel and who should make those decisions now. It ain't Bill. No, it's not. I think there's a, there's a growing track record of him not – I don't want to say not having a clue because he's got more of a clue than I do. But I'll say it. Not having a clue on what to do on offense.
4: It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming.
1: On ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
2: Talking AC down here, I know uh, DeMond appreciates it. I appreciate it. Actually, I don't think DeMond does. I always have the AC in the uh, KWWN studio, cold as hell. But Resorts World is like just arctic right now. It is awesome. I love it. I'm a chubby, sweaty guy. So let's go. Let's go. Brad Powers is with us, college football expert. Brad, how you doing, buddy?
4: Doing well. Thanks for having me, as always. Uh,
2: let's gauge your college football season on using this metric um do you feel comfortable turning the house down to like 68 have you been winning enough because the power bill john your power bill went up what double oh almost double yeah okay so what's happening brad
4: <laughs> well number one i wouldn't do that to begin with i don't care how much money i would be making i i that's way too cold for me so okay. uh man right. just when i haven't so uh is it going well enough that i could afford the new energy bill uh, I'm okay. Uh, yes. I've been saved by the NFL and the FCS, but, uh, FBS, it could have been a little, but it's little gonna bit get better, better to say the least,
2: but it's going to get better NFL tonight, uh, Chiefs Broncos. I keep promising to break it down. I don't know that I want to give me, give me a good argument that the Broncos can cover ten and a half. and Or is the play the total?
4: Well, I mean, the market says the total, uh, due to the weather, but I'm not sure that the weather's going to be as bad as expected. I mean, what, what do you know? People over bet a weather under, so. Um, if anything, I'd probably lean over now because I think people are a little bit too ambitious, but in these unders as far as weather goes. So lean over for me there. I can't get to the side, uh, uh, especially on Denver. I mean, obviously the, the, the series history is in the Chiefs favor. Not only that, but these big favorites on Thursday night have really done well, to be honest with you, 60 plus percent, uh, big, touchdown plus favorites on Thursday nights because when, when, when you limit the game plan, game planning as far as the preparation week in half, it's again like i normally say with these big favorites it's about the the jimmies and the joes not the x's and the o's
2: college football on this thursday did you get involved on west virginia and houston right now the mountaineers up 10-7 at the end of the first quarter
4: i did i all different directions ben numbers not teams i laid two and a half west virginia it took six and a half with houston so this uh this three point difference right now would be really good for me uh also took under. So we're uh, heavily involved in that one. Uh, th- my favorite play of the night, though, was SMU minus the points. But we'll see. They're off to a slow start here. Uh, I know it's just three minutes in, but I didn't like what they're saying.
2: Stanford getting 11.5 at Colorado tomorrow.
4: Malink Stanford. You got a Colorado team playing a seven straight week on a short week. All these uh, close games, high profile spotlight games. Stanford laying in the weeds off a of bye. I like you know, these first-year coaches off a of bye when they can kind of get hit that reset button, clean up some things. Uh, I like Stanford tomorrow, plus 11.5.
2: Fresno is four at Utah State.
4: Yeah, Fresno's quarterback is going to be out, Mikey Keene. So uh, downgrade there. Utah State's been better than expected. Short week for Fresno State off of, you know, the trip to Laramie. Uh, didn't go well. Uh, they're probably worse than the final there, so Utah State for me.
0: Speaking of brutal schedules, what do we do with Notre Dame now getting USC? They've played every week since week zero, right?
4: They have. I mean, starting that week zero game on a different continent. Now we got eight straight weeks, four straight weeks against ranked competition, worried about running out of gas. And man, if your defense is running on teams, one of the last teams I want to play is USC and Caleb Williams, especially with a chip on their shoulder, uh, considering that they haven't looked so good the last uh, few weeks. So I like USC quite a bit, one of my favorite plays of the week. Let's go ahead, You can shop and find them. There's enough threes out there. South Point uh, has a three. Caesars has a three. You know, far faraway places, offshore have three. So USC plus three, but also money line. I think USC wins and maybe wins comfortably.
0: And for our audience, too, best part about South Point, no altered juice. So you don't get a LA lay 115 or anything like that. It's always minus 110. Uh, Oregon, Washington, what are we doing here? Full field goal for the Huskies.
4: Yeah, back and forth a little bit in the market this afternoon. Interesting. I mean, some three-and-a-halfs are popping on Washington. There was a little bit of buyback there on Oregon. So I, I think we're sitting, going to be sitting at three. I, I don't expect it to move off of it too much. Uh, I'm more on the home favorite here. Just uh, I'm going to keep it simple. I, I perceive Washington to have the better quarterback. I perceive Washington to have the better head coach. And then obviously, I mean, it's going to be a hell of an environment there in Seattle. So Washington for me. I, my concern would be Washington's defense is the weakest of the units.
0: So that was I was going to build on that. What do you do with some of these metrics that you look at with a team like Washington, and Oregon? that haven't really played anybody, and you could see that at least statistically, Washington does have a weaker defensive unit through this early portion of the schedule.
4: Yeah, I mean, neither team has played an overly difficult schedule. I would say right. Washington's played a little bit tougher schedule. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I still think Washington's offense is, is the best unit uh, that, that I have most complete faith in. And I also go back to this because I'm always tweeting these things change one play in one game, and what's the narrative? What's the point spread? I'm telling you, if Tyler Shuck from Texas Tech has two turnovers instead of four turnovers, yep. Oregon loses on the road to Texas Tech, and then what is this point spread here in this game? I'm guessing it's not three.
2: Bradpowersports.com is where you find Brad stuff on the web. Also, very transparent on Twitter at Brad Powers 7. Uh, back to the Mountain West. Uh, we've got a rivalry game here in the state of Nevada. We're on in Reno right now, and uh, obviously in Vegas, uh, UNLV is nine on the road against Nevada.
4: Yeah, my gut tells me uh, in, a, in a rivalry game, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Nevada plus the, the points. They're not a high-value pick. haven't even got to the window yet. There's been some tens in the flash. So I was waiting for them to be more painted across the board to see if I really wanted to get invested on the Wolfpack here. But that, that's the lean. I did bet uh, on the open uh, I bet the over.
2: Uh, best showdown in terms of strength on strength is Wyoming and Air Force in terms of their offenses. Uh, the run games are tremendous. Air Force's defense is good too, though. Uh, the Falcons are 10-and-a-half.
4: I mean, tough to lay that kind of number with such a low total. And so, I mean, two teams that are you know, bottom 10 in the country as far as tempo. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to get to the window now on Air Force, but I did bet it early in the week. Uh, you know, I man, I, I have a horrible – Track record of Wyoming games this year whether I'm betting on them or against them I don't think I've won a single bet so I'm a little uh there's some trepidation there with my Air Force recommendation
0: if Brad Powers is a D1 athlete how in the world does he go into this locker room and look Mario Cristobal in the eye and feel like he's making the right decisions hey, this is over right we're, we're laying it this North is Carolina all. This is it's over. all over the team doesn't trust Cristobal anymore Carolina's gonna roll
4: the market trusts Cristobal because we saw some significant money coming in on Miami this afternoon. Uh, where this line was four, three and a half, and now it's down to three. So, uh, but I'm not involved with that, that side of things. I am actually, call me square, and I I can be sometimes, but I'm more North Carolina here, uh, just you know, at home. And I, I got a question. You know, what is that frame of mind for Miami? Yeah, you can rally the troops and whatnot, but man, that was such a horrific decision making that I would just question everything if I was a player. So I and then it's also keep in mind. I, I mean we got Drake May at home. North Carolina's defense much improved. Um they played the tougher of the two team schedules so far. So North Carolina for me.
0: Does your exercise apply here? Like if he decides to kneel it and they win that game, does this point spread change at all?
4: Good question. Uh probably does. Miami statistically so dominant, even though I question their competition, uh being with a good data point against A and M. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think it's drastically significant, but then we might be seeing two and a half instead of three.
2: Michigan State for the cover, plus four and a half at Rutgers.
4: I think that's the correct side, Michigan State, off the bye. I'm liking what I'm reading as far as I'm cleaning up some things. I thought they probably should have beaten Iowa outright in their last game. It's just some fluky things happened at the end. Well Who would have thought that with an Iowa game? Uh, but uh, – I think they're the right side. I'm a little leery laying the points here with Rutgers with uh, another really low total. But i got to tell you, though, I've been impressed with Rutgers, and I know bowl eligibility is really important for them, and this is a got to have one for them.
2: It's very important to me. I'm going to be very angry on Saturday if they can't beat Michigan State in that state of the program right now. That would uh, be a tough one. Um, back to the Pac-12, Wazoo 7 against Arizona.
4: Yeah, a lot of money coming out of Arizona. Why the heck not? I mean, considering how they played uh, the, the last couple of weeks against the uh, two packed 12 Bowers in USC and Washington, I mean, they were live in both games, especially the USC game. Uh, again, you're late to the win, late to the party now. I didn't bet it, so I'm kind of regretting not getting involved on in Arizona, but I think they're the right side. I did also bet the under in this one. I think, you know, Arizona's been dead nut under, <laughs> I'm not told, the overtime. Yeah, so last week was really horrific beat if you bet the under in that game against USC, so under 58 for me at the current number. So John and
2: I have a two-year bet, the win total for the <laughs> Miami Hurricanes. Boy, that loss last week was devastating. Um, they have to win 15 games over the next two seasons. I was about to make – I just – I like where Arizona's going, and I like that kid Fafita. He's tiny. And he, he's just, it's crazy watching him. Um, I was about to make a bet with – listen to this one – with Damon. Uh, total wins next two years, Arizona versus Colorado.
4: Are you including this year or the no, starting next, two, next, next year? No, next two
2: seasons. No, we're, we're, we're building next two seasons.
4: Okay, next two seasons, yeah, I would take Arizona. Oh, what? <laughs> I yeah. love that. That is so against yeah, the grain. I think there's a decent chance Dion leaves after, uh, yeah. after next season. I think he'll be back next year with his, uh, his kid. And after that, I think he leaves. So it could be a, a total, you know, mess where they're back to two wins uh, in that year two situation.
2: All right, Devon, I'll lock it in. Another 10-7-11 pizzas on the way, uh, but it'll be it's going to be a long time from now. So I hope they don't discontinue the pizza. But if you still want to do it, Colorado,
1: I'm still confident
2: in my bet. I mean, exactly, I like it. Okay, that's maybe he leaves
1: because they go undefeated next year, and that's why he's going <laughs> to leave after. The... Who knows?
2: <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I could be taking a risk here. Um, UCLA. I'll tell you, you want to talk yeah, about yeah.
4: narratives changing? Yeah. I mean, Colorado's three plays away from being a one-win team. Come on.
2: Woo. Mm-hmm, that's there right. There you go. All we get back is, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> UCLA plus three and a half against Oregon State. Wait. What happened?
0: Damon, doesn't uh, that
2: work against your thought
0: process? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> that's right for you. are pro Colorado. That doesn't work in your favor. Brad, continue,
2: Please.
4: Oregon State, I like them minus the three and a half, even though the market says I'm an idiot in this one. I don't trust Dante Moore, the freshman quarterback on the road in this atmosphere. They UCLA won in spite of Dante Moore last week. I mean, made some horrific decisions. I, I just think Oregon State's uh, offense is balanced enough where UCLA has been really good defensively. They haven't seen a balanced offense like Oregon State.
0: Let's go to LSU and Auburn. What is going on with this total? Circa opened up sixty-one, got to sixty-four, bottomed out at fifty-nine and a half. Now it's at like sixty-one. They're a perfect six and zero to the over because their defense stinks. What's happening here?
4: Well, uh, obviously, uh, contrast and opinion. I'm not involved in the total this week. In the LSU game. I've been betting a couple of them in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I just think I don't want to use the do factor, but I mean. I think Auburn's definitely going to have a game plan to slow it down. And, man, Auburn's a really tough team to bet an over 60 spot in because they're really sound fundamentally defense. They play pretty slow offensively. They don't have a passing attack at all to take advantage of LSU's weakness. So I think that I'll be the contrarian here and take the under. The first under catches in an LSU game this year.
2: Uh, last one, about 20 seconds. I watched that entire Wisconsin game last week. Their offense is not great. Braylon Allen, I don't think, is healthy. 33.5 total and a 9.5 side with Wisconsin and Iowa. Oof,
4: I, I can't trust. I mean, Iowa's really bad. I mean, that quarterback position, even with that Deacon Hill kid. Uh, he was horrific, even though they found a way to win. I'm actually going to go, you want Contrarian Over for me, because you need everything to break right to go under the total. And I'm not sure with both of these quarterbacks that you can trust either one of them not to throw a couple of intercepts and set up some short fields here special teams touchdowns for Iowa or something like that, defensive touchdown, over for me. Brad, great job, man. We'll talk to you. All right, take care, guys.
2: There he is, Brad Powers, Brad Powers 7 on Twitter, BradPowersSports.com on the web. Uh, again, thanks to Resorts World for housing the show and wonderful job by the PR people at the Mountain West Conference and West Coast Conference. Lots of conversations on today's show, and they'll be posted up on our Twitter accounts ASAP.